We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. everyone, Dan Bach here with a special edition of the Daily Fantasy Fix. Uh, as this is the time of year where, uh, unfortunately, well, it is kind of fortunate because if you have this problem, that means you had a successful year grinding Daily Fantasy. And of course, I'm talking about paying the piper, paying the government, and how to do those DFS taxes and for, I think, it's the second, maybe third consecutive year, we've teamed up with DFS Accounting Services. Right. And uh, joining us today here on the podcast, Mike Fierstein. Uh, Mike, welcome back to the How show. You uh, this is our yeah. annual conversation about DFS taxes, which right. I know most people are like snooze fest. But let's face it, like this is important stuff for those people who are winning DFS players because, you know... Uh, Again, you, you got to pay, uh, pay your fair share. So uh, how are things? Things are good, Dan. Thanks for having um, me on again. Uh, it's always a joy to come on and talk taxes. This is what we do. We're in the middle of tax season, so it's crunch time. Uh, we're fielding a lot of great questions uh, regarding taxes and from the DFS community. And uh, with the, the new Tax Jobs and Cuts Act, I mean, there's a lot of changes that happen and a lot of changes that happen specifically to the tax laws concerning DFS players. Well, let, let's talk about those changes. Let's start there. Um, I actually haven't even done mine yet. I'm still waiting on some stuff. So uh, <laughs> I got to know, I gotta know what, I, what I've right. got coming here. So what were the big changes? Because you're right. Like I, I, I've heard from a lot of people in terms of like the actual forms themselves. It's like just sure. one page front and back and there's a, a, a lot less – uh, when you look at it compared to what we've had in years mm -hmm. past. So take us through what we need to know, at least in the changes front right. when doing taxes this year. Right. Definitely. So there's, I mean, there are, there are a lot of changes that we could go in and, and discuss. But one of the big changes and then what we've talked about a lot um, is uh, the hobby loss changes. So the hobby loss was an area that if you were a part-time DFS player, the part-time DFS players could, could utilize, ideally, you would be able to deduct your losses from the, the various DFS operators and deduct, you know, um, put them, place them against, offset them against your DFS winnings. Well, with the Tax Jobs and, and Cuts Act, they completely got rid of those hobby losses and expenses. So it's pretty cut and dry now. If you find yourself as a part-time player or maybe you only play in the, during the football season, 
uh, baseball season and you, you win big, unfortunately, there really isn't a way to offset that income. Uh, and at that point, we just tell people that, hey, if that is the case, if you find yourself as a part-time player, then really we, we suggest cash flowing. Make sure that you have put money aside. Make sure you have, you know, conservatively, we like to say 35 to 40% tucked away for tax time for now. Uh, that is probably the biggest um, difference and the biggest change, and hence why we push uh, DFS players to take a look at kind of their situation. Are they finding themselves uh, playing and, and doing research and setting lineups four or five hours a day, uh, five times a week? Um, and are they, how, much are they, how much are they contributing and investing? Because we really want to get them on the path, path to become business. There, you're going to be able to utilize, fully utilize the tax advantages uh, of, of being a business and offsetting your DFS income. Yeah, and that, that can be a really big deal. And I didn't even realize that that was a change. And I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, it it's one fun. thing if, you know, you, you know, you win. Let's say you have a great year. You take down that big GPP and you've got, you know, 50000 or maybe even $100,000 in winnings on one site. And you had a tough, tough year on another site where maybe you lost like thirty or 40000 in years prior, you, you could do that offset as a hobby. Now you can't. So that's, that seems like a, a pretty big difference from last year to this year. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, let's talk about, you know, the, what qualifies people as, as businesses. Um, because I know that's especially based on what you just told me is, uh, is you know, could potentially like impact more people. So what are the things that, that yeah. people have to look at and what are some of the things that, that they can write off besides their losses if they look at DFS as a business? Right, right, definitely. So first, in order to, the, the IRS um, had established a, a code, an internal revenue code, it's called 183. And basically this document, this code section outlines um, what it takes and, and what they, they specifically say non-exclusive factors, basically the factors of a business and to determine that if, it, if, if it's for profit or if it's for a hobby or not for profit or it's just for fun, pretty much. And what we do is we t we've done our research and we've taken a look at these non-exclusive factors and basically pretty much created what we call a tax determination ladder. It's a series of 20 to 30 questions that pretty much hit some of these factors. So to get into that, you know, some of the things that I tell our clients and the listeners out there is just pretty much take, take a look at your first, take a look at your time. Okay. Take a look at how much time you're playing DFS and you're researching, like I said earlier, uh, you find yourself doing it a couple hours a day. Uh, and then take a look at kind of your profit motive. I mean, really, do you have a business plan set up? Do you, do you have an idea of how you, you know, how much money you want to, you know, is there a strategy involved when you're earning, when you're, you're, when you're playing DFS? Obviously, there is. And um, you go from there, and then basically you tell a story. You tell a story that, hey, because I'm working, you know, I'm doing DFS you know, five, six, seven hours a day, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm contributing, my investment is ten, twenty thousand, 20,000, and sometimes even, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 I mean, there is a, 
profit motive there. There is a profit objective. And that's kind of how I would tell the listeners is to, to just go about it, you know, identifying your, your playing habit. Um, you can have a nine to five. A lot of our clients have nine to fives and then really, you know, don't tell your bosses, but you know, obviously there's a couple hours during the day that you're doing research. And then at night, I mean, you, you, that's when you're setting up your lineups, you're, you're, you're watching the games and um, you're hopefully performing uh, the best abilities. Uh, in regards to expenses, obviously you have the main, the main one is the, it's the entry fee. So if you are playing at different operating sites, operators, then yes, if you have one good year in DraftKings and FanDuel just really hasn't worked out for you, you have that offset that, that could be an expense. Another thing too is that we take a look at your telecommunications, okay? Obviously internet, uh, phone, you're on your phone a lot, so we take a portion that is business and we write that off. Cable, your cable subscriptions, um, NBA league pass, things of that nature that we would write off. Now, obviously, DFS these last couple of years have blown up, so you have you have seminars that people go to. There was one in Vegas that you fly out to, so travel to to Vegas is an expense. And just basically, we take a look at kind of the expenses that have been incurred, incurred while playing DFS. I mean, you have to eat, right? So if DFS is a business for you, then you can deduct the meals while you're researching um, and, and, and setting up your lineups. So those are a couple expenses that we kind of throw out there. Now, I, I think it's also important to explain some of the reasons why somebody might not want to be categorized as a business because – are, uh, as far as I know, there's there's sometimes larger tax implications in terms yeah. of you know certain taxes you have to pay as a business as opposed to say just a hobby. Right, right. That, no, that's a great question. We'll lead into that definitely. So I identify when we work with a client, it's on a client by client basis. Each tax situation is completely different from person to person, taxpayer to taxpayer. So when what we've been dealing a lot with is obviously looking retroactively at, in the tax year. So 2018, for example, um, if you are if you consider yourself a business, the form that you would put yourself on is the Schedule C. And with the Schedule C, depending on your tax issue situation, you would. Um, incur additional tax called the self-employment tax, which you were alluding to earlier. And what that is, is as a business, as uh, you put it on the Schedule C, you're considered self-employed. And the IRS says if you're self-employed, you have to pay the employer portion of this tax called the FICA tax, which is Social Security, Medicare. A lot of people, we pay it on our end, on your W-2s. If you take a look, there's a box um, that you that you paid in throughout the year. Uh, but you pay in the employer portion and the employee portion, which is an additional 15.3%. So yes, when we, so when we take a look at a taxpayer, I mean, they, they might be considered a business, but if we put them on the Schedule C, it, the, the deductions that we'll be able to write off won't offset the increase in self-employment. At that point, we go, all right, listen, let's work on cash flow. Let's set you up as kind of a hobby right now for 2018. And let's set up a meeting and, and be proactive and, and set up a business, uh, specifically what they call an S-Corp, moving forward. And that's kind of how we would take a look at that type of situation. Because, yes, there are times where if you get put on a Schedule C, the additional tax that you will incur does not benefit you and um, would, you, you actually have a bigger tax liability. 
Now, uh, again, we're joined by Mike Fierstein of DFS Accounting Services. Uh, you know, obviously DFS has been around a little bit longer now, so maybe a few more tax preparers are familiar with it, but still a lot are, are in the dark with it. Uh, with you guys, I know you're based out of Chicago, but can you guys consult for um, people all across the country? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we've, we've taken our clients throughout throughout the nation. I mean, you know, with, with this day and age, communication through the phone, through the email, through text, I mean, it is, uh, it's pretty easy to talk to people. But yes, we like you know, DFS, the DFS communica- community is nationwide, international. We don't really dip into the international market, um, but we do have, we are able to prepare in, in um, the states that have, uh, that have state taxes and consult in that in that matter well again if you guys have questions you got to reach out to these guys because they they know this space um let's talk a little bit about like maybe less you know not so much about april 15th coming up here but uh, Mm -hmm. guys i think can obviously help people because every single day basically in this space people are winning arguably life-changing money. I mean, if I won $100,000 yeah. when I was 21 years old, I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have made a ton of mistakes and spent too much of it. Um, if somebody has a big score, uh, I-, I think it might be worth calling you guys to at least explain what they need to know on something like this because uh, my biggest fear and what I always tell people is, uh, you know, if you have one of those nights where it all comes together and it's great, just make sure that you're always putting some money potentially to the side. So I'm assuming you guys can help consult when people have those, those monster nights or weekends in DFS. Right. Exactly. You know, we always push people, listen, don't hesitate to reach out. We're, we're very accessible. Um, you could, you could uh, go onto our website, dfsaccounting.com. It's pretty easy. Uh, submit your email inquiry and we'll be, we'll reach back out to you. I mean, what we like to do is we like to have an initial 30 minute conversation with anyone because we just, you never know we are talking to some people just want some, maybe some free advice or just they already did their tax return and um, they just need a couple uh, help, help points. But, Either way, we like to talk to people. We know that in a moment, like you said, one day uh, you could just hit a GPP and you have a six-figure payout. And when it comes to that, don't hesitate to give us a call because, yes, there are a lot of ramifications and you have this lump sum money that, that is coming to you and you want to spend it. You want to go out and have some fun, maybe go out and party a little bit, maybe pay off the, the, the home mortgage or, or buy a car. But you have to realize the IRS, Uncle Sam, he gets 30, 40, 50, you know, and sometimes 50%, depending on what state you're in, um, the, of that money. And if you already spent it income April 15th, the tax is still due. I mean, whether you have it or not. And we just want to make sure people aren't in that situation. Because I've seen in the past throughout my career where people squander what they should have saved for taxes, and then now they're in even a bigger problem. So, uh Feel you, free to give us a shout. Yeah, and, and you can't prepay them, right? I mean, there's something to be said for. I mean, yes, it it in some respects it, it it's frustrating to give the government money early, but it, especially if you don't trust yourself, you can prepay after those yeah. those big windfalls, and and that's something that, that I is. I certainly would recommend as well. Right. Right. Exactly. Yes. Thanks for bringing that up. Definitely. So, um, I know that federal. I know that at least with DraftKings, they're they're doing federal withholding so they're withholding anytime there's a payout they'll 
they'll withhold X amount of dollars. There also is estimated tax payments that you can make. Um, and they're due at, at the, after the, on the 15th of every quarter. So April 15th uh, would be the first one. And basically the IRS actually likes when you do that. It's what they call a pay as you go tax system. So if you earn, you know, if you win a GPP in June for $100,000, that's when you earn that income. They would like you to pay in what they calculate is appropriate during that time. So, you know, we get, we get a whole wide variety of taxpayers on how they view this. But yes, if you, and I always suggest it as well, is if you hit a GPP or you, you, you cash out big, then I would suggest putting in, uh, you know, X amount of dollars or a calculated amount into the IRS as an estimated tax payment. Now they'll have it, they'll, they'll hold it for you. The interest isn't great that you'll earn, but at least it's there, it's out of your way, yep. out of sight, out of mind, and you won't spend it. All right, uh, gonna go off script here a little bit because we're also mm -hmm. in this landscape of you know legalized sports betting in New Jersey and, and other states. And uh, you know, I'm curious, you know, we know that the doing taxes on, on gambling winnings is very separate or very different than what we have on daily fantasy winnings, but something that uh, you know, I think more people are going to encounter. Were there any uh, changes into that law in terms of, you know, in terms of the, the, the tax structure? And is this something as well, if people are in those jurisdictions and they have questions that, that you guys can consult them on as well? Right, definitely. No, yeah, it was, I mean, this past year, it's been huge for sports betting and, and, and I myself like to partake a little bit. So yeah, we definitely dove into the, the tax ramifications and the tax laws uh, regarding sports betting. Um, now with the tax, rules they haven't really changed as much um it's still status quo but because it's becoming more legalized now individuals that you know maybe underground you know were, were sports betting uh you could still consider that as a business as well i mean people you know there, there's a, there's podcasts out there there's people that are talking about that it's just with the state legalization it's you're you're now able to um able to be more public about that so with that said, sports gambling is still, sports betting is still viewed as a gambling activity uh, from the IRS. So the, the rules are a little bit different than DFS, but it, the concept is the same. In, in sports betting, you can offset, even if you do it as a hobby, you can offset your winnings with your losses. Now, how to do that? I would suggest people uh, keeping a log, keeping a calendar as to, um, you know, when you, you're sports betting, a lot of times if you're, you're on the, you're on the site, um, the bookie sites, then, um, you'll have a whole history as to when you're, when you're, uh, when you're, you're, you're placing bets, but that's kind of what, you know, what the landscape is so far right now is that you can, um, you can offset your income with your expenses and so uh, interesting. Can help you, out with that. you can do that in gambling, but now you can't do that in a hobby DFS. Interesting. Yes, correct. Hmm. Yes, yeah. It's just the way that the IRS view the IRS views DFS as um, a game a game of skill and not luck. And because of that, there's it, it separates the two activities. I mean, we get a lot of questions in regards to you know, can I incorporate? Can I put my sports betting and DFS into one and one business? We don't like to do that. We take the position to keep them separate because of the different tax rules associated with that with those activities.
Super interesting. Uh, all right. Well, again, this is uh, important stuff. Uh, if you've got questions, you can uh, check them out in our forum thread over on rotogrinders.com or Google up DFS accounting service. Mike Fierstein, thanks so much for uh, your time today, adding some insight into yeah. what's always a, a somewhat complicated type uh, type issue for us daily fantasy players and uh, hope some of our community members use your services moving forward. Thanks for your time today, Mike. Thanks a lot, Dan. I appreciate you. And again, one more thing. Just always tell the, the, the taxpayers and clients, be proactive. Reach out. Do not wait because if you wait, it'll be too late. There you go. Uh, check them out. DFS Accounting Services. Thanks for checking out our special edition of the Fantasy Fix podcast. More always, you never know when we're going to pop up. So uh, thanks for uh, obviously being a subscriber here at rotogrinders.com. And talk to you soon. See you, everybody. Yeah.